This is the Inherit Dream Podcast Network. The Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. An adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inheritdream at yahoo.com. And now, your host, Trevor J. Brown. Welcome in to another edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. I am your host, Trevor J. Brown, and we have a good one for you tonight. Jenna and Justin Bakken are my guests of the Lime Tree Group. They are renovating orphanages in Guatemala and community spaces in Minnesota. We had them on earlier in the year, and now we will check in with them to get a recap of their first trip down to Guatemala and their upcoming trip coming up here in the new year. Mark Stone is with me tonight, NFL Picks, and we'll unveil our new top five as well. Let's win some money with Stone. And your parting gift commentary returns tonight. We talk about the Beatles' brand new song, Now and Then. Welcome to your weekend and your new favorite podcast, The Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. You're listening to The Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Tonight's interview on the Trevor J. Brown Show is brought to you by Realtor Elizabeth Jamelli. With over 35 years of experience in all aspects of real estate in Elk River and Sherburne County, Elizabeth's passion is working with seniors to provide a smooth transition to your new lifestyle, including the sale of your current home. For more information, call 763-286-3729. Also brought to you by Pruitt's Paradise. Looking for a getaway? How about Pruitt's Paradise Airbnb? Take it easy at this unique and tranquil getaway. Close to Lanesboro, Minnesota, and only a short walk or bike ride to the Root River State Trail or the Root River itself, which features great trout fishing. Plenty of hiking trails, too. Enjoy life in the country while relaxing. Just search for Pruitt's Paradise on Airbnb.com. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. My guests tonight, two good friends, Justin and Jenna Bakken. They have been here before during season number two of the program. We talked about the Lime Tree Group, and we're going to talk about that again here this evening as they just had their first trip back this spring to remodel orphanages down in Guatemala. Justin and Jenna, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're so excited. Yeah. Thanks again for having us. So how has 2023 
treated you so far? Man, it has been a whirlwind of emotions and <laughs> and chaos. Like, no, it's not even chaos. It's just like organized chaos. Organized. It's chaos. a good way to describe yeah. it. Yeah, it's the it, positive spin. Yeah, my yeah. favorite part of uh, 2023 has definitely been crying because <laughs> it just, just the time to let it out. Both sad we're, and happy tears. Yeah, we've had a lot had a lot happen in the last yeah. six months. But overall, it's been awesome. Really? Lots of growth. Lots of learning. Um, <laughs> Lots of learning. Yeah, lots of ER trips, like emergency visits for my team, for the extra mile team. Yeah, it's been it's been good. We are here, and we're still here. <laughs> we're here. How has your faith been tested during that time? That's a great question. I'm gonna let. And Jenna... that was an unscripted question yeah, too. Good. Yeah, Jenna wants to actually answer that one yeah. because uh, yeah, what is your faith? What is my faith? Yeah, <laughs> I. I actually think that in times that are kind of tough, I know our personal relationship seems to grow and get better for sure. And my personal relationship with God, it just it, it's it just seems strong. It's very like natural. Just I'm not one to you know kneel down and pray at the end and beginning of each day, but throughout my day, I'll be walking and I'll say things like, "Dear God, thank you for my house. Thank you mm-hmm. for my team." Thank you for Justin. Just random conversation. And then even to the point of walking my property and being like, God, I would love an apple tree. And then all of a sudden, the light shines through the trees. I look up and it's like, oh, like a a light beam right right on an apple. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I have an apple tree. And then being like, oh, I would love... Thanks, God. Like, I would love a second apple tree. And then we're moving stuff and we see two more apple trees. And then being like, gosh, I need to have bigger faith. God, I would love an apple orchard. And then just the other day walking around with the intention of finding more apple trees on our property. And then I found like four more apple trees. So now I have my own mini apple orchard. I don't know. It's just very, very natural. Yeah. And I think the thing that's cool about that, too, is, again, you people can, can pray and give thanks any way that they want. But I think from my perspective, we talked about this in church one day a couple months ago. When you pray at the beginning of the day and a lot of people that pray at the end of the day, it turns into this routine routine, and, and this fast food list of mm-hmm. like this wish list. Like, yeah. And I think it's Check important it yeah. to remember when you pray, it's, it's not like you're going to a Wendy's. Like, hey, I want this and I want this yeah. and I want that. Sometimes you can feel so much walking your property yes. or being out in nature. Or for me, it's a lot of the times watching a certain film or mm-hmm. hearing a song. It gives you these emotions. And it's yeah. like, thank you, God, for exactly. this piece of cinema. Thank you, God, for this song or these musical notes yes. or this artist. And or that's a person, exactly a friend. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's like the apple tree is a pretty good example because I think a lot of people believe that, um, at least the culture that I grew up was like, faith is um, more of like an action, like faith is an action, but faith is actually rest, right? And the other thing is that faith, like for the apple tree, right? So many people, I think for my sphere of influence is like, we are trying to believe in something that's not there, like that we're believing something into existence but I actually think it's more like the apple tree the apple trees were already there but mm-hmm. you were aware of the apple trees like I think like people are like I want God's presence I'm like why are you praying for God's presence you 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 have literally have breath you, yes your your very breath and your very that your eyes you know your eyes blink like that is more of a miracle 
than just explaining and expressing like I need a miracle in my life. Well, you already have the miracle of life. Like it's or yeah. you're actually participating in it. It's just that your perspective's off because as I say this and I'm like thinking about like my subcontractors or like my team that I'm like like I'm so grateful for them and and it's so funny because like you get these moments of glimpses where where you're probably grateful like how you're supposed to be but then you forget it. You 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 have like this weird it's like this weird mentality of like this part of my life, God is blessing. This part isn't. Well, He is actually. He's. There's no dry season. It's. It's just now. There's no like seasons of life. Yeah, you go through maybe situations that you put yourself in, but the blessing is here because you're here. Mm-hmm. I think it's too like taking those blinders off. You mm-hmm. make a, make a amazing argument. You know, a, a, an amazing point that all the example is around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just have, have to see it. Yeah. 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 Just look at a tree. You want, you know, you want a spiritual experience. Hug a tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. So remind our listeners again, since it's been a few months since we've had you on, talk a little bit about the Lime Tree Group. Just give a little short description on, on what the mission is. So the Lime Tree Group, we're a group of people, we're a nonprofit, a group of people that will go to primarily Guatemala and eventually around the world and remodel children's homes with the idea being that for many places, that's exactly where the kids will grow up their entire lives all the way to, you know, their later teen years, uh, if they, you know, can make it that far. We work in remodeling homes and making people's homes beautiful, and we want to marry that experience. And then my past of having lived in an orphanage for five years, and marry those two and be able to create beautiful spaces for the kids. Orphanages that are home to them, that look beautiful, they're aesthetically pleasing, the kids are proud to be there, they're comfortable, and again, it's beautiful, and eventually it's going to get bigger and bigger, the kind of projects that we will do. It's just creating that the very important element of home for the kids. You guys had your first remodel earlier this year, your first trip down in Guatemala. Fill us in. How did it go? It was super awesome. We took, what was it, 12 of us, 10 of us, and it was incredible. We, the orphanage that we found and partnered with is uh, it's a children's home with kids with special needs. So most of those kids, they uh, they came out of a situation that was, every single one of them has, of course, a specific story, but most of them came from a, a hard line of abuse. So for example, one of the kids that was there, his stepfather, he had, uh, he was on the autism spectrum and then he was nonverbal. And so the stepfather actually threw him in the barn for like two wow. years and they would feed him at night and then he slept with like some of the pigs and, yeah, he, and stuff like that. And and so the social, the, the ser- social services came and took him out. They found him essentially unclothed, living with the pigs. And years old. It was like over two years that they just kept him out there yeah. with the pigs. Yeah, wow. and, and the mom, you know, there's so many situations of like, the mom didn't feel like she had the right voice to help. The, like, she was just like, this is just the way it is because this is my, my new husband. This is what he wants. Like, so... Every situation with the kids, right? They, like knowing where they come from, knowing that most of them are unable to walk, unable to speak. There's like we went there to create a therapy room and then do a bathroom model because they only had one bathroom that they were using in the therapy room during the rainy season. They just stay in their rooms because they don't have a spot to hang out mm-hmm. in, outside. So like we came down there for the the mission of creating a space. So when we left, that they would have something for the kids and give them 
a space that they deserve and not like that but that they can connect in and now they can have volunteers from hospitals or med, med students can come in and have a place where they can do set therapy with the kids set up clinics that's great. Um, and yeah. it's somewhere where the kids can go and exercise that's outside of the elements when it's raining or it's really hot so it's a really really special project yeah. and it's actually it's more than a room it's it's actually quite sizable yeah, it's like 40 by 30 or something that's yeah it's like a gr- and that like how it's really tall yeah it's over 20 feet tall yeah but so i in in like for us at least for me that's a byproduct of what we do the byproduct of connecting the byproduct of like helping like we went there as a we went there uh, not as like a mission not like oh we gotta get this done oh like these kids need us no we 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 saw a need and we're like this is something that we can help, and how can we help? Mm-hmm. And, what, and I, I was just talking about this because someone just asked me if they wanted to go on, like they could take their, you know, their church to this thing. They're like, yeah, we want it. We want to go and we want to change the lives of these kids. I'm like, we these kids are already going through their life change. You being there a week is not going to change the trajectory of their life. But you going there and living and being present with them and loving them is going to that's going to be a participating thing that God's already doing through other people um versus like this like conquistador thing is like this guy I was talking to he's like yeah we'll get down there we'll take my church down there I'm gonna take my youth down there we're gonna paint the walls and like you know I'm super excited I loved it it was super fun I'm like like the reason why we were there is because we had local contractors that were doing the work that we hired and then because the kids you know they're they they're so connected to their space that they would not be able, like, they can move enough to get to that space. So the, the workers were constantly taking them out of the space. Like, you know, they're putting up drywall and there's, like, a kid on the floor. Like, you know, like, constantly moving them. So, like, we were there to make sure that we were intentionally giving, like, as the kids were going through changes of the bathroom and, and like, the, the big therapy spaces. Like, we were there to connect and make sure that they were safe and not only that, but it, would, it helps with the transition. Because now there's someone from the outside coming in, they're excited. It's realizing the work you do, but in a way taking the ego out of it. Yeah, it's it's so, it's because like, at the end of the day, it's like, we get to participate in something so much bigger than ourselves. There's a mm-hmm. much bigger project. Like, they didn't have volunteers for three years. We're the, like the first set of volunteers there. And then all of a sudden we create the space and now they have weekly volunteers coming mm-hmm. to the space. Like it, it's so much more than that. And then also we got to see the well-being of the kids. Because mm-hmm. that was the reason why we started the Lime Street group is because we needed a reason and, and I wanted to make, we wanted to make sure that the kids were being cared for in the way that they need to be cared for because we, we've seen so many situations that the kids are not cared for in the way that they, they're saying they're cared for. Yeah, right? in and our way of and being Los able... And did incredible. Yeah, and in Those kids are awesome. Yeah, our way of being able to get into children's homes or orphanages that be, might be a little more uh, closed off to, say, religious... Like, hey, I want to come and teach about this or that. It's like, let's serve them. Let's offer something of value to them that does help and impact them on the kids. And then in that build, that trust and relationship where we can go back time and time again and really see how the kids are doing and see how long term we can help with the kids, whether it's education, food, clothing, the basic needs. Yeah, um, but starting, support them in a yeah, starting yeah. with something as, as crucial as home and safety. Mm-hmm. Justin and Jenna Bakken from the Lime Tree Group, my guests here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. So what were some of the biggest challenges you faced with that first remodel? I know you weren't there for a ton of time. Was it tough to fit all that work into that window, and or did you find a nice routine? You know, it was 
I'm gonna give a shout out to my friend Vinicio because Vinicio, Vinicio he, he's Guatemalan, um, most incredible human. Vinicio, Wendy, Tony, and Gabby as well. Yeah, amazing. And, and Duncan, like they, Duncan connected us. It was just, it was really cool to see the pieces come together because I think, like we, I'm not organized. I am. I just, I see it. Tell people about it. I'm like, how do we do this? And Vinicio. Uh, hired the subcontractors to work there. So before we got there, there was already a month and a half of work being done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And all I had to do was uh, figure out how to pay for it. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Vinicio, and, our friend Vinicio, has been one of our best friends for over or close to 10 years. Like they met us shortly after we got married on our honeymoon in Guatemala. Um, so they've known us our whole time. He's an architect, and then he hired a local contractor that we knew there Jose. as well. Yeah, yeah so, so we're good. like, they were an awesome team and duo, so we're yeah. super excited to work with them again and yeah. all the upcoming projects, if they will have us still, yeah. I think. I, I think, think we were good. Yeah, I think so. we should share that, the story a little bit quick. So basically, the two big parts with the construction down there, it went super smooth. It, like, we had an incredible... I mean, I had to do some phone calls um, during the day and stuff just to double check or whatnot, but like it was fast, efficient, and it like something that would have took us up here with codes and all this stuff, like maybe three months took less than a month to get it to proficiency. And then we went in and painted and helped finish it off because those guys had other jobs that they needed to get to. So it worked out really fun, but I think it was kind of cool because it was, Jose was somebody that we met 10 years ago. When I met him, I was actually, we were like talking about this, is that Jenna was in the car with him getting paint and he started sharing a little bit of a story. You want to share that story? Yeah, it was was so, it was so beautiful. Yeah, we had met him at a church in Guatemala, just sweet, humble guy, has a family and he had been doing some sort of jobs, like not, not a lot of construction jobs. When we met them, his family, there was like 18 of them living in like a tent, like maybe a 10 by 20 house. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, yeah. There's so, a lot of people in a little space. Um, in one of the meetings, actually, Justin had gone and found him and prayed for him. He's like, I would like to say something to you. And then essentially, Justin told him, so much time, you're going to be having an opportunity to work on really big jobs. You're going to be managing a lot more than you've managed now. It's going to be okay. You can do it. You know, you have what it takes, essentially. I'm kind of paraphrasing. It's going to be a good change for your family. Just be ready for that and, you know, have faith for that. When I, yeah, I went in the car with him to go get paint. He was telling me this, and I had no idea of this background. I just knew we knew him from 10 years before. And he started crying, and then he told me um, shortly after, um, I reached out. Oh, and then... Oh, he said, and then Justin told me to reach out to my boss and ask him for bigger opportunities and show him what I can do. He's like, so I was really nervous, and then he did it. He reached out. He did get a couple bigger opportunities, and that led to bigger and bigger jobs. And now he's got his own contracting team. He's got his own crews, and he's got multiple projects going on, and he signed a couple pretty good-sized contracts. So it's been, it was so cool, and... In doing so, he has changed the life of his family and their trajectory because... Yeah, from a really tough area. And th- yeah. think about that just in the thought of how God works, kind of like what we were talking about before. I, I don't feel like there's there's never really a straight path. Like we may want to go from point A to point B and think it's going to be a flat, nicely paved road. Yeah. But there's so many peaks and valleys and that's part of the journey, which is so beautiful. Where you are today 
might not be where you are tomorrow, might not yeah. be where you are in five years. Yeah. And look at his journey, for example, yeah. how that how his life changed with that. Yeah, the biggest challenge wasn't anything doing Guatemala. Like whenever we touch ground there, I don't know how better to explain, but thing like whatever we need done, there's so gets, much. There's so much grace. grace. I don't know how to describe it. And then like so, the day that I paid for the remodel, like literally like paid to finish his portion of the remodel, within like an hour, my project manager um, was in the worst car accident, broke his neck back. Told him, they told him that he wasn't going to be able to walk again. We were, we were told that, like, he told us to go to the hospital and say potentially goodbye to him. Wow. And that was, like, the day, literally the day before we left for Guatemala. And uh, and then we had, like, <laughs> one of my other team members slice his hand open on a toilet and, like, lost who feeling. Was, who was supposed to go on that trip Who's, as well? Who, he went on the trip, yeah. He did he go on the, on the trip. trip. But, like, that was, like, the day before. And then they're like, well, you can't go on this trip. You, you know, like, they're trying to tell him, like, what are you going to do, like, when you're there? Like, you can't work. And he's like, well, I'm like, just come. We'll figure it out. And, like, just be with the kids. The hardest part about the whole trip was, like... Getting there. Getting there. There's more than that. There's business circumstances. There's, like, I'm sure if my customers are listening, they they experience some of that awkward backlash of project manager Will, who's literally my right-hand man. He's incredible in every mm-hmm. way. His truck is literally his life. All his tools totally demolished and toiled and like um Mm -hmm. he's with us though and he's still like he's working (laughs) and he's like doesn't drive but like there were plenty of updates on your facebook page of will (laughs) like i'm not laughing about the accident but he's like working and he has the neck brace on him like you got it the guy's committed broke his back in like seven places and he has a neck he has like plates in his neck and like yeah, he has healed <laughs> in the the shortest time frame possible for everything that he broke. And he went back the, three days after. The doctors just were like, hey, just keep doing this <laughs> and doing this. And then he did what they asked, you know, our respect yeah. for them. But he's like, I'm I'm healed. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're like, well, please don't hurt yourself. Because we just, we, we love him and we, we respect him. him so much. So that was really difficult. That was probably one of the more difficult yeah. things. And there's some other stuff. But I mean, yeah. that was definitely... The, that like we were it was weird because we we're like talking because we when you're doing something that's outside of yourself I think it's really important and I learned this from Mike Aguilero mm-hmm. is like to look at resistance as resistance don't call it you know some spiritual attack don't just because you don't know mm-hmm. you don't you don't know it's like like of course there's the resistance of us helping the kids and of us doing what we felt like we we're supposed to do just happened to hit the one next to us you know what I mean? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it, like, like stepping out of your comfort zone yeah, in a way? Yeah, you step out of your comfort zone. Like, we, we literally help these kids. Like, what, like, it's something awesome. you normally wouldn't do. But, well, I still do it normally. Well, but you I mean, would, you would yeah, do, you yeah, would do it, but it's something that yeah. most people wouldn't, wouldn't right. do. So, why do, I've had this conversation recently too. Why do a lot of us look at things that are scary and, we tend to be like, we shrivel up. We're like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. I haven't done that before. I don't know if I can do it. When you think back in your life, yeah. I mean, I do this now and it'll probably be even at a greater scale later in life. But you look and you're like, okay, everything that I've done that was quote unquote scary in my life, if I took the leap, it paid off. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is, that is so good. Like, um, there's nothing actually hard. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were exposed to it and you were in that environment every day, you would eventually adapt and change. So, the it's human nature of us, like, wanting to go back to our old ways or, like, you 
you know, like it would have been easier for us not to take the trip. It, like, you know, cost that whole trip cost like enough. enough. <laughs> Was there any anxiety with knowing you're about to get on a plane and then all of a sudden you said like the day before Will was in that car accident. Was there yeah. any thought where it's like, we might have to postpone this or maybe one of us has to stay back. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot to be, yeah. you yeah. know, we, have thrown at you. We know? thought all, I think we thought all of those at once, but immediately we're like, you know, we're no. supposed to be there. We're supposed yeah. to go. We also had um, 10 of us lined up and ready to go. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. And it was to the point you, you can't yeah. reschedule the timing, well, everything we had lined up. The big decision maker for us as well was like, okay, if we did stay, how are we helping? Well, we're not. There's nothing that we can do that the doctors mm-hmm. aren't or people haven't already. Like Justin's dad, father stayed back dad, from the like, trip. Yeah. And he then took care of him. Yeah. So we knew that he was gonna be okay and then our we had our team working and everyone came together amazingly. Yeah, it was awesome. It was yeah. like the our team we had so much fun. We stayed in Antigua, so every night after we went, you know, we'd, we would be at the orphanage from like nine to three four ish then after that we come back and then we'd go walk around you know one of the oldest cities and oldest colonial cities in guada like in central america this is like the oh, capital of central it's america amazing. it's just there's four volcanoes you know you're walking the cobblestone streets the food is just my favorite probably the reason why i go is probably the food yeah, and then the, my friends the are there music, too the music the people the music, everything we, the there's sounds, concerts going on while markets, we were there yeah we were dancing and was what was the favorite fun. uh your favorite dish of the trip Oh my gosh, um, we had, we literally went to, because um, oh the food's so significantly more affordable there, we got to go to a new restaurant like every I mean, evening. Yeah. Um, and we tried all, I love Guatemalan food. And so I think oh, I, yeah. I like pepian, that pepian, was so good. Yeah. Carne, uh, caldo de res, that's a very delicious Another food we have to make for you. Oh God. Everything yeah. we had there, we went to an Indian place that was just like out of this world amazing. Yeah, yeah, like authentic, oh, good yeah. spice, oh, great yeah. flavor. You will have yeah. food from all yeah. over the world yeah. there. And I yeah. think, um, obviously, like if you ever like the freshness, there's not you can't compare it because they like literally picked it the day before. You know, it's just like it's so, it's so good, it's so good. Yeah, and I think that was really fun because like our team, right? We brought uh, four people that were younger than twenty. Yeah. So two sixteen-year-olds, two sixteen-year-olds, and two twenty-year-olds, uh-huh. and I. So I think it was really my some of my favorite parts is like watching them get out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. They you know encourage each other, encourage each other, be there know, for got, each other. You got the language barrier. You got like this culture experience of like me driving them, and then like they're giving up their what do you call it like their fear of like I'm already a bad driver, and then I'm in Guatemala. You're not a bad. I'm driver. a good driver, I think. But it's like my point is like it was really fun to see just the team dynamic. Because it, whenever you do a trip like this, it it goes awesome, but people's preconceived ideas of how the trip goes is always different than the reality of what it's like. But it but it actually for the for a Western American lifestyle, we did a really good job at staying on task. Yeah, we did. We we got all of our stuff done, and that and, was a lot because of all the team. Like and they're just yeah, everyone that went on the trip. Yeah, we mom, are. Yeah, his mom went with us. That was so special. My sister Jocelyn went with us, who we grew up in the orphanage for five years. So it was so beautiful to be able to go back with my sister. 
And it was a dream of ours to go back and be able to give back to kids like people had done for us growing up in an orphanage. So that was so special. And I mean, yes, we had the building and all these things, but for us, the little things just got us so thrilled. Like when we grew up in the orphanage, uh, sometimes like a couple times a year, groups would come by with the equivalent of like the U.S.'s KFC. It's called Pollo Campero and they would bring us chicken and fries and you know ketchup and all these delicious things and it was such a treat because we only had that maybe twice a year from groups and then we got to go and with our own money got to go and purchase the food for all the kids and the staff mm -hmm. there. It was a tiny tiny piece of the trip for, for us it was so we're like god thank you so much for giving us you know opportunity so we could bring this full circle not about the meal but it was so special what it represented so for me it gives me hope that someday you know other kids they'll be able to go back and give back and hopefully help kids and kind of keep that going so i think too is is really fun because like the 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 workers that are there um, there's full four-time workers for 26 kids, right? And they they work, um, they go travel to work for eight hours. So some of them are from different villages. They travel and then they stay there for two weeks. So they have kids, they have family, the husband's at home working, you know. So they go take care of the kids for two weeks and then they are off for a week and then they're back at home. So when we were there, some of them you know, they, they were basically volunteering for almost two years. They didn't get their full pay because of the churches that were supporting them didn't support them anymore. So these a lot of these people, like when we were able to go, we were able to relieve such a big stress burden of just giving them a chance to like relax. And when we were there, you could see how grateful they were because they're like, someone gave us the time of day for that we can have for mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. So they could actually get, you know, paperwork done. They can clean, they can... You know, these kids are, they, they need full-time service mm -hmm. and every, every day it's a lot of, it's a lot of love and attention that they need. Mm -hmm. so. When is the next trip? So we have two trips coming up, um, one in January and one in February. I would have to double check the dates, but I think it's like the second week of January. And we're going to be taking John Crowder, one of my good friends, and he's a great, good theologian buddy. So. He's gonna. We're gonna be going with him. That one's gonna be probably a little bit more of an outgoing trip, where we're gonna go to a low-income hospital, pray for people, love people, going to the bus terminal, which is basically kind of like a garbage dump type situation. Go there, support a ministry called the Street Kids Direct and other ministries that are there working with kids that are that have been um, they're they're on the verge of you know homelessness and also being trafficked and things like that. So we're gonna go there support their ministries, love the kids, and, and support the communication of the ministry with the kids. And then uh, we're going to take a fun, possibly two, three-day journey through the jungle and go to a place called Samuk, Shimpei, and which is like a remote area, so that'll be a super fun. Having That, that trip's going to be a blast. It's mm -hmm. going to be super fun. And then the second trip is going to be uh, Orphanage Model. We're Right now we're probably going to return back to Fundani, uh, sorry, Los Cozosos for a part of it. Um, to keep continue on the work that we did before because there's so much to sure. do there. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be also probably spending two or three days at a different place to get ready for the next one. Best way for people to get involved? How can they? Yeah, great question. Is Of course, social media is awesome. Uh, you can reach out to me. The best ways are you go to our website, view kind of what we got going on. 
we'll get the the trips will be updated here shortly on the website where you can sign up and then also uh, Instagram, Facebook, the Lime Tree Group, or find Justin and Jenna, Justin Bach and Adiada. Like we can work on that together, and then yeah, what's what's been really fun with this? We have at least four or five other orphanages we're going to be interviewing and reaching out to, and hopefully visiting on our next trip just to get to know them. And we got those referrals from uh, people that we know that either have children's homes or have an orphanage in Guatemala. They. They helped us with these connections, which we're really excited about. And a question I think I was going to mention this is that what I've been getting a lot is like, who can come? So our trips um, are not for everyone, mm-hmm. but those who are, they're do what they are for. It's super fun. So if you're, you know, if you're a teenager that's like 16 to 20, that's fine. You can come. We just have to make sure that that we're, we have the same values. Mm-hmm. Same thing is with if you're. Uh, an adult that so we had you know people that want to come that are in their late 50s and then we even have someone that wants to come their late 70s the biggest thing is this like you have to have physical endurance because you're up in the mountains and the elevation is real the elevation sickness can be really taxing on you if you're not prepared Mm -hmm. so that's probably the biggest thing is like over everything your health has to be priority and you got to be able to you know be able to in, in, have the endurance and then also know, if knowing how sunburnt you can get that's probably pretty important too to know yeah <laughs> but that's uh good. those those like there's really not much like we take it we take people from all walk, walks of life so it's really just the values and then making sure that you're like physically ready to hang out with us i mean it's not like we're running or anything it's just when you're caring for the kids you're, you know you're you have to have such an energy level in order to maintain because by the like the fourth day you're just like if you're not you're not quite prepared you can be really tired and it just ruins ruins the experience so well it's beautiful work that you guys are doing again we encourage our listeners go to the limetreegroup.org for more information things continue to evolve and i'm excited to obviously catch up with you guys after your trips in january and february and get a status update on all of that as well yeah awesome Awesome. thanks for having us thank you trevor we appreciate it justin and jenna bakken here tonight on the trevor j brown show this is the trevor j brown show on the inherent dream podcast network looking to buy or sell online don't know where to start my name is isaac jensen and i can help you buy and sell on craigslist amazon ebay and etsy i also offer services for estate cleanouts Give me a call at 763-742-4583 or visit online at jensensalesplus.com. Programming is made possible by Jenna Jensen. Let Jenna Jensen be your paper pie brand partner. She'll help you find books, activities, and even toys that are educational, engaging, interactive, and are sure to be loved by all the kids in your life. Head to our sponsors tab on InherentDream.com to place your paper pie order with Jenna. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. I love this song. I love nachos. Loving everything? You might be buzzed. You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzz warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. It is Friday night. That means Mark Stone, Mr. TNT, joins us for weekly football picks and will unveil our brand new top five from the National Football League. It's free for all Friday. Free for all Friday. Here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Stone, how are you? I'm doing good, Trevor. You know, another week in the books. I mean, the NFL again. Every time we think we know what's going on, they pitch a nice curveball that we can't find a way to hit. You know, congratulations to the Rangers as well for a World Series win, their first in their franchise history that they completed on Wednesday night. Yeah, that was awesome, man. I mean, I I, I know it sounds like the viewership was down, but it was it was fun. I and I, I like seeing Texas win their first World Series championship. Nothing wrong with that. Good for them. So I, I let's hop into our top five here. I'm going to be honest with you, Stone. I hate my top five because I think even with San Francisco on a three-game losing streak, look, they've fallen out of my top five. But I'm going to preface this by saying I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks that Seattle, who is now leading that division, is a better team than San Francisco. I'm still confident that the Niners will figure things out. This is probably the worst football they'll play all year. I I have confidence in Shanahan. I have confidence in Purdy. I have confidence in McCaffrey. And I guess looking on the bright side of things, I would rather not play my best football now than compared to running into this streak in December. So with that said, my uh, one through five last week was Philly, Casey, San Fran, Baltimore, and Jacksonville. Uh, Kansas City's falling out of my top five. San Francisco's falling out of my top five. And then I have a little shuffling here. So I'm, I'm keeping Philly at one. I'm moving Baltimore to two. Miami re-enters my top five. They are going to be at number three. I'm taking Detroit at number four, and I'm keeping Jacksonville at five. But honestly, Stone, two through five could honestly at this point be in any order, and I don't love it. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you. My top five's a little bit different than yours. Um, last week I had Philly at one, KC at two, Baltimore at three, San Fran at four, and Jacksonville at five. I'm in agreement with you on San Francisco. What we're seeing right now is what we've seen every year that Kyle's been the head coach. They seem to have this this uh, slide sometime in the season. Last year it was at the beginning of the year, losing to Chicago week one, going through quarterbacks and then even getting piss-pounded by Kansas City in, like, week five. So it happens. I think it allows them to reset. I think it allowed them to be aggressive on the trade market, going out there and getting Chase Young to go opposite of uh, Nick Bosa. I do think they need to fix the defense. I think that's more of an issue than than Brock Purdy. Um, They definitely got to find a way to do it. Steve Wilkes just is not calling the right scheme for the personnel he has there. And I think that's a real issue. So hopefully that's something they figure out and get here during the bye week. My current top five is as follows. Philly is still at number one. So I'm in agreement with you. Baltimore, I have moving from three to two, just like I believe you did. So we're in agreement there. I have Detroit at three here, um, moving back into the top five. Jacksonville, I've got moving from five to four with their win last week. And Kansas City, I still have holding on the edge there at number five. I got Miami at six. So Miami's right outside of there. And then you kind of mentioned it. We've kind of got, you know, teams that are 
could easily flip out with this top five when you look at Dallas, San Fran, Seattle, and Cincinnati all right there behind those teams. So, you know, it's that time of year. You're going through bye weeks, different things happen, adjustments. And, yeah, I look at it from a San Francisco fan. At this time last year, I believe we were three and four going into week nine. So being five and three, I'll take it. Out of all those teams that are on the outside of our top fives looking in, for me, the scariest of those teams is Cincinnati. I feel like Joe Burrow and company finally have have uh, woken up from uh, from their slumber at the beginning of the year. Do you agree with that? That is, I kind of mentioned it last week going into the game against San Francisco that I felt that Cincinnati was going to eventually start buying for this top five. I think any doubt in your mind about whether or not this offense was was fixable and Joe Burrow was back was put to rest with what they did to San Francisco. Mark Stone is here, so we hop into week nine. So technically this is the midway point of the season, but we want to tell our listeners in two weeks, two weeks from tonight, Mark Stone, it is going to be the Mark Stone Fest here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. And Hack has organized the TNT Banquet. We are going to be giving away our mid-season NFL awards for, uh, if we had an MVP vote, who we're voting for the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and will we change our Super Bowl picks or are we sticking with our picks? That is coming up two weeks. If you love NFL, if you love football, we're talking nothing but football that evening here with Mark Stone on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Let's hop into Pick Stone. We have a game in Germany on Sunday morning at 8.30, Dolphins and Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to start a little bit of a slide here. I think they'll be okay in the long run. I still think they're a playoff team, but I am going to take Miami on Sunday. Disagreement here. Um, Again, I think Kansas City's defense is still very, very good. We've seen Miami's offense struggle when they've been up against great defenses this season. I mean, they can't handle, it seems like, the pressure when it's put on Tua, and I think Kansas City's going to bring it here. Mahomes is fantastic as a favorite in in these games, especially when he's a three-point or a, a three-point or less favorite. And at this point, he's only a point and a half. So I like Kansas City on this one to pull it off on a neutral field in Germany. Vikings and Falcons. Vikings without Kirk Cousins now for the rest of the season. Man, I, I I don't I don't love it. I mean, the Vikings. This is this is just typical Minnesota sports. It comes down to you know they 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 scratch and claw. They're back to five hundred. They'll win three or four more games this year. They might get a wild card spot, but at the end of the day, you're going to miss out on those top tier quarterbacks. If you have Kirk Cousins, you're probably in the same boat. You probably make the playoffs, but it's just you know it's typical Minnesota sports. Like let's scratch and claw and fight to get a wild card and then you'll lose in that round. I don't I don't see if it's Jaron Hall or whoever the hell they have starting on Sunday. I'm going to take Atlanta at home. I'm going to say this, if the Vikings actually do go ahead and this isn't just strategic move by KOC here in saying that Jalen Hall is going to start and you don't start Josh Dobbs who just got into the building from Arizona. I mean Josh Dobbs 
Josh Dobbs got in the building for week one. Colt McCoy got surprisingly cut, and he still started that week coming over from Cleveland. Josh Dobbs could not even get his own uniform from from the, from the pro shop inside <laughs> of Cardinals Stadium for the first month that he was there. Josh Dobbs did not know any of the names of his offensive linemen through the first two weeks, and yet Arizona at the time was playing competitive football. If you're really going to roll out Jalen Hall, who, by the way, is a prospect at best, I'd even have him on my quarterbacks on my draft board this year in the NFL. Then Minnesota, I'm sorry, you're throwing the season. You're going to try to get in the QB sweepstakes, which isn't a bad thing, but it's a very un-Minnesota-like thing to do. I've never seen them do this, so I have a hard time believing it. Thus, if Josh Dobbs is the one playing in this game, you gotta like the line right now—the four and a half points that they're giving that they're giving Atlanta as a favor. Especially now, Atlanta came out and said Taylor Heineke is going to be the starting quarterback. We saw this last year when they pivoted off of Marcus Mariota for Desmond Ritter. Well, they finally got rid of the Ritter, but it did not work out well for Atlanta. Atlanta was still in the playoff hunt at that time. The whole thing collapsed behind Ritter. I can see the same thing kind of happening here, but if Minnesota does start Jalen Hall, which right now that's what we have to go on, Atlanta should win this game with a veteran like Tyler Heineke at the uh, starting quarterback, so I'm going with Atlanta. I honest question for you. Is it Jalen Hall or Jaron Hall? It's Jaron Hall. <laughs> I just like to say Jalen because it's more of a popular name. I think it is Jaron Hall, though. Well, I it mean, doesn't, it doesn't no, matter it what doesn't. his name is. No, it doesn't matter, but it was funny because I was, I was thinking, we were talking about not knowing quarterbacks of who's going to start. It's like, we don't even know what the hell his name is. So at this point, it, it doesn't matter. How many times in our life are do we have to sit through Taylor Heineke? I mean, he, I get he, you know, can be a backup or whatever. And then that's what he is. But this guy constantly gets these starts. He gets these opportunities and I'm just, oh my goodness, dude, like he ain't a franchise quarterback. And yet here he is again. And you just, you know, your season, you might as well just flush it down the toilet when you have to bench your starting quarterback and you go with second tier guy, which has played for like four or five different teams. Let's see if he hasn't made it on the four or five other teams. What makes you think that he's going to all of a sudden be your dude in Atlanta? I just give me a break. Bears and the Saints on Sunday from New Orleans. I like New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans seems to be playing very well. Bears are going to rock out Tyson Bajant again. He's going on the road here in the Superdome. The Saints D is once again the best unit on the field. The offense seems like now they finally seem to be getting into rhythm. But we know one thing here. The line is eight and a half. I almost am tempted at that to bet the Bears because you know that Derek Carr is going to make some stupid mistake and there's going to be a backdoor cover here. But the Saints should win. The Saints have a great schedule from this point on. If they can get things together, which, again, we thought this team should be the toast of the NFC South, but they're doing everything that they can, Gerald Ford style, to fumble it <laughs> as much <laughs> as possible. But they'll still probably, again, find their way into the divisional championship here. And this is a game they should win. So give me the Saints. Here's a dumpster fire game for you, Rams and the Packers. Man, the Packers have issues. I have not seen an offense that stale in a long time. And I'll tell you what, I think I said it last week on the show, Stone. 
Maybe Jordan Love at some point shows me something, but just because you sit behind somebody for two or three years or however the hell long he's been in Green Bay, I don't care how long you're sitting there. It doesn't mean that you should be the heir apparent and that he's all of a sudden going to be the next Brett Favre or the next Aaron Rodgers. I I uh, I think the Rams. I don't. Who's going to be quarterback on Sunday? That's a big thing. Is Stafford playing or no? Well, something's weird with the line here. I think if Stafford would truly be ruled out, the wise guys already would have moved money here on Green Bay a little bit more to uh, move this line up a little bit. I it's still holding at three. I'm I'm sitting here ready to pull the trigger as well. If it goes to three and a half, I'm putting it on the Rams, but it's not going there yet. So something. Must be up here to where they think that Stafford could possibly go in this game. Green Bay should win this game. (laughs) Excuse me. Should win this game at home against this Rams team, which has been kind of total trash. Puka Nakua, too. I mean, they were exposed last week against Dallas. Just take out, take that page out of the book. This is how you're going to beat them. They're not that talented. I'm picking Green Bay to win. I think they run the football, take the ball out of Jordan Love's hands, go at very physical. I think the defense is playing well. And I think, and again, Jordan Love hasn't been breaking the games for him. It's been the coaching, yeah. surprisingly, in Green Bay, just making some bonehead moves on things. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Green Bay to win this game. Yeah, I'm probably with you. I mean, the Rams really looked terrible last week, but so did Green Bay. That's why this game stinks this week. Commanders and Patriots, I'm going to take New England to win the game. What the hell is is Washington doing? I mean, they drafted these guys. They drafted Sweat. They drafted Young, what, two or three years ago. These are two guys on the defensive side of the ball that you build around, and now they trade. I At this point, why is Riverboat Ron still there? I mean, just fire him too and start cleaning house early because what you basically told your team was we don't even care this year. Yeah, you know, I think the big thing is they're trying to do a reset under new ownership. They drafted a bunch of defensive linemen. They still have depth pieces behind the defensive ends there. Chase Young has kind of through his time in Washington been more banged up than anything and they don't want to franchise tag him and they do not want to try to pay him so they're trying to get something back Montez Sweat I think the Bears overpaid for that yes. <laughs> Ryan Poles called him up and said we'll give you a second okay sure we'll, we'll get him out of here as quickly Ooh, breaking news as I'm sitting here the Green Bay Packer line just moved oh. to negative three and a half so folks Get over there, lay that money <laughs> down on the Rams on this game here because they're not going to win by more than a field goal. I think the backers do win, but they're not going to win by more than a field goal. But back to this, I think Washington's just trying to get whatever they can to reset. They spent a ton of money on Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, their two tackles. So I think they could not put any more money into their defensive line. I think they'd rather free up that cash to give Sam Howell some help on the offensive side. But back to New England. We've seen Riverboat Ron's game management was really bad last game against Philly. In fact, allowed it to go to a push when they had it in control that I should have gotten my money last week, but that did not work out. Um, And Philly didn't look really, really great against them, but it was good enough to get the win. I think the Pats are still terrible, but they are getting things done well enough that – 
I think you're dead on. Without having that pass rush, Mac Jones is going to have time to pass, and Bill O'Brien's going to draw it up to get it to where it needs to be, I think, to pull out the win here. Will Josh McDumbass be on the sideline as a special consultant or something now that he got let go? <laughs> I heard Josh McDumbass has found a job now dressing up in opposite team's gear and will be showing up <laughs> at numerous stadiums around the country to try to get physical signs out, even though the NFL doesn't do that. Oh, uh, Seahawks and Ravens Sunday cross-country for Seattle. I don't love it. Give me Baltimore at home. Yeah, same thing. I mean, Seattle's been playing well, but again, the both the both defenses here are in the top seven, so it's going to be it's going to be one of those knockdown drag out blue. I mean, black and blue games. But bottom line is, you got to like Lamar over Geno. So yes, I'm in agreement with you. Baltimore at home, give me Baltimore. Bucks and the Texans Sunday from Houston. I think the Houston defense gives Baker Mayfield some headaches. I'm going to take Houston. You know, C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud has kind of been figuring it out here, and him and Baker are kind of Spider-Man meme right now, kind of pointing at each other, <laughs> the exact same guy. So you're going to have an all right game here. Um, but I'm in agreement with you. I think Stroud's going to get pressured. I think he's going to make some mistakes, and I think Tampa's going to pull this off and pull out the win. So – I'm, I'm going to Tampa on this, but it should be a good game. Arizona and Cleveland. Boy, if you have the Cleveland Browns defense, lick your chops in fantasy football. Who the hell is Arizona starting on Sunday? Doesn't matter. Give me Cleveland. Clayton Toon oh. is getting the start for Arizona against Cleveland defense. I mean, P.J. Walker was horrible last week in the game against Pittsburgh, but it doesn't really matter. Um, Arizona's gonna. Arizona's a horrible team going up to Cleveland. Even with Watson sitting, the Browns win this game. Give me Cleveland. Colts and Panthers Sunday. Uh, yuck. Oh, ooh. give me Cleveland as the Stone Cold Lock oh. of the Week, folks. By the way, let's 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 bring that in. Stone Cold Lock of the Week, still undefeated. 8-0, folks. You're going to eliminate your challenge. There isn't a better time. You're not going to be able to use Cleveland again. We we got – we were on the money last week with the Chargers. I hated the pick. The pick worked out. This week, it's Cleveland. You're not going to be able to use them any other time. Use them now. Colts and Panthers. Uh, can this game just end in a tie? I mean, can, can, who cares? I, I'm not, I'll take Indy on the road. Yeah, I, this game this game goes all over the place. I mean, your Panthers, a lot of people saying bet the Panthers right now. It's gone from where they were the favorite to where they were the dog. I don't know how they were ever a favorite in this game. Um, I just think coaching-wise, I mean, the offense was a little bit better last week for Carolina. It's obvious the change to the offensive coordinator actually calling the plays. He brought in the motion to this offense, whereas Frank Reich, when he was running, it was pretty stale. So that's a plus in their in their in their favor on this. But I just think Indianapolis is going to find a way to pull it out. I think Minshew's got something up his sleeve that will be good enough right at the end to get it done, and Steichen walks away with the win here. This is one of the trashiest games of the year: the New York Giants and the <laughs> Vegas Raiders. I mean, my goodness, the Raiders fired Josh McDaniels this week. The Giants are a mess. 
I, I, the thing I don't understand about the Raiders too. So they let they let McDaniel's go. They fire their GM. If you knew you were going to do that, why don't you trade some of these assets? Why don't you trade Devontae Adams? I don't I don't think you could get a number one for him, but I bet you could get a second or third round pick for him. You know, Josh Jacobs. I, I just what's the point of hanging on to him? They're they're not a playoff team. This team has taken about twelve steps backwards in the last two years. It's gross right now. I think the Giants somehow win this game, but I'm gonna predict that they win the game uh like three to nothing. <laughs> you know, Daniel Jones supposedly is back oh, for, this game oh. for the Giants and the Raiders, you know, it, <laughs> Antonio Pierce now is apparently the head coach, uh, the fiery Antonio Pierce from his days playing for the Giants. Oh. Um, he's apparently going with AOC. That's not the AOC you're thinking about here. We're talking about O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell is going to be the starting quarterback. I'd rather have, uh, I'd rather start Alexandria (laughs) Ocasio-Cortez. This is the free for all Friday dumpster fire (laughs) game of the week, folks. But one thing's for certain, one thing's for certain. It seems teams get up to play for interim head coaches in their first game. Check out Jeff Saturday (laughs) as an example. I think the Raiders find a way to pull this out, and Mark Davis looks like a genius for one week. Rumor has it that on Halloween, Josh McDaniels came to the facility and dressed up as Mark Davis. Mark Davis thought it was funny enough. He said, well, let's complete the outfit, and he ordered his signature P.F. Changs for (laughs) MD for lunch well he also had a a custom fortune cookie in there that when mcdaniels opened his fortune cookie at the end of the meal it said you're fired hot shot so there you go from raiderville folks mark davis doing it not only in style in the jumpsuit but also doing it in a very tasty way as well. There, i think the raiders Can, can vegas like send back the raiders to oakland can they just like in a thank you note, like say, "Hey, thanks, but no thanks." We want. We'll we'll wait for another team. We have the stadium. We can kind of lure like you know anyone we want here. Uh, we don't. Yeah, I mean, my goodness. I mean, uh, Cowboys and the Eagles. So Fox is really pumping up this game. It's you know their game of the week. It's in the late window. What does uh, Dallas always do in the late window when they play a good team? They take a big dump. I'm going to take Philadelphia at home. And what's funny is. We have been talking about Philadelphia. They're in our number one spot, but I still feel like Philadelphia has not played their complete best game on both sides of the ball. In fact, offensively, I feel like they've taken a little bit of a step back. Defensively, I think they're getting better, but I I think uh, my hope is that on Sunday they finally put it together and rub it in the face of Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. We've seen this this show so many times, Trevor. Dallas – Goes and looks like world beaters off of a bye, whatever, against an upstart Rams team that everybody thinks is good, but now we realize is nothing more than high-end trash. And then, because they're right in the wave and everybody's talking about, how about them Cowboys again? Yep, that's right. They ride into Philly only to be giving us a whole plate of crap as they are going to let you down. Folks, this is the carved in stone bet of the week. Philly is a negative three 
three-point favorite in this game. You go to that betting window and you take that. Remember, the Carved in Stone bet of the week is at 5-2-1 and one on the season. We pushed last week because the Giants were stupid enough to take the ball first instead of playing defense and deciding what they wanted to do. <laughs> or I shouldn't say it was the opposite. They took the ball first instead of... <laughs> No, yeah, they play defense instead of deciding, taking the ball first and getting a field goal or whatever and being able to take defense. Didn't make any sense. I always set my defense out first. I'd rather do that. So thanks, Giants, for again not getting the job done last week. But I guarantee you, Philly takes care of the job this week. They're top five in both offensive and defensive line rankings in the, in the league. And you know when Dak gets under pressure – Dak makes incredibly stupid mistakes. Get ready. Philly wins, and I think they win handily in this one. Well, and I think it's a I think it's a different bit of a game. If the game's in Dallas, I would still pick Philly. But Dallas is a totally different team outside of Dallas. They never it's a, it's kind of like New Orleans. You know, all those years with Drew Brees, you take them outside of the dome and you have them play in Chicago in uh, the end of November. It's uh it's a different story than if that game was at the dome bills and Bengals Sunday night, a juicy matchup. I'm going to take Cincinnati at home. I'm in agreement here. The bills, it just seems like their defense just isn't the same right now with all the injuries they've taken. Joe Burrow has shown he's hot. He's ready for prime time. He's back in business. Um, and um, Buffalo's Buffalo's only calling card right now seems to be Josh Allen, and we're seeing it again. He's starting to get banged up. I mean, he had to exit a little bit in the last game. Apparently, he's still being bothered by that injury. So it's only going to get worse for Buffalo, and the schedule doesn't get any easier. Give me Cincy at home. Out of all of the teams that are on the outside looking in for our top five, I think out of anyone that's in our top five or kind of those teams we mentioned like Dallas, uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati, out of all those teams we mentioned, I think Buffalo has the greatest chance of missing the playoffs because there are too many holes. There's too many injuries defensively. And also, I don't know if they tried this or not. I would have called Tennessee and I would have probably overpaid for Derrick Henry. I know over the weekend it sounded like they were going to trade him, and then they said, no, we're not going to trade him. I would have said, hey, we'll we'll give you a number one for Derrick Henry. That would have taken a lot of pressure off of Josh Allen. The running game, it, no one fears the Buffalo running game. Nobody. So, and if, if you couldn't have gotten Derrick Henry, I would have called around, called around for, for somebody else because I'm sure there were some teams out there that are on the outside looking in or terrible – Call the Raiders for Josh Jacobs or something because their backfield, the Buffalo's backfield is a joke. Like, so, so if you know it's Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, it's not, it's not too hard to game plan for. Uh, Chargers and Jets Monday night. I usually hate the cross country, uh, you know, teams going cross country to play. But as long as Zach Wilson is starting at quarterback for the Jets, how is this team? How does this team have the record they do? I don't know. But you know what? Brandon Staley is still the coach for L.A., so I'm sure there'll be a couple of blunders that'll be made in this game. But I am going to take the Chargers on the road. You know, the Chargers came off of a big win against a bad team on Sunday night football against the Bears. And that's all well and good at home by Brandon Staley and company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. 
Now they go on the road going across to a Jets team that doesn't really feel they're out of it yet. Here's a couple things we do know. <laughs> we do know the Jets can effectively run the football behind Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. We know the Chargers defense can't stop the run. So that's a couple things. Another thing, Jets defense plays well against great quarterbacks in this league. They shut things down. Josh Allen line two people, you know, for instance. So I think this is going to be a close game. I'm ready to go and bet the Jets right now is one of my top three picks as the line just moved to plus three and a half. So I like it that it's greater than a field goal. Because if the Chargers do find a way to do this, it's in spite of of Brad and Staley, not because of him. <laughs> He's going to bumble enough to make this close. I'm going to pick the Jets to win, but if the Chargers do win, it's going to be by less than a field goal. So my, uh, I want to clarify too, my lock of the week, I'm taking Philly at home over Dallas. Nice. Um. So the, the TNT banquet coming up, the midseason awards two weeks from tonight, uh, we do have a couple of, we believe Hack has lined up a couple spe- special guests. We will have Oscar uh, uh, Oscar Urban Meyer uh, joining us here. Uh, we'll also have uh, Josh McDumbass coming in. And uh, I don't know, I'm sure we'll be lining up some, uh, some other guests as well. Do you have any on the hookstone? Well, I heard Cliff Dingleberry is hoping to put in the... Uh put in a plug for one of these open jobs, maybe possibly getting with Al Davis, not Al Davis, Mark Davis and the Raiders. <laughs> Mark, I wished I was Al Davis. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but no, so I mean, yeah, we may, we may have an appearance from Cliff Dingleberg. Who knows? Riverboat Ron by then could possibly be looking to peddle his resume around places. Also, I hear Matt, Uber flus might be also in the house as well. So it's a supersized edition. Yeah. It's going to be great. We, we can't pack any more of these ex-coaches in there. Get your reservation now. Yeah. Because Hack's on a limited budget. Yeah, very limited budget. So we'll uh, we'll keep everyone posted. We should have some uh, some more <laughs> some more people that uh, we'll announce next week. But Stone, we appreciate it and uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Yes, Trevor, on another free-for-all Friday. Here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Let's put out this campfire. Dad, Smokey Bear said to. Brown it with water, then stir it with a shovel, and repeat until cool. Wow, where can I learn all this? It's all on SmokeyBear.com, because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Be The Why is a nonprofit event planning company that values partnership and brings a heartbeat to every project. Take the stress out of planning your event. From start to finish, Be The Why works alongside you to capture what's important to you and bring your event to life. Be The Why also offers consultations on venue contracts, scheduling, and more. Let Be The Why help plan your conference, concert, events for business, nonprofit event, mission trip, grad party, golf trip, or special event. For more information, visit bethewhy.org. As veterans, we're no strangers to helping others. That's what we were taught, service before self. But we do have one question for the veterans listening. When is the last time you reached out for help? If you or someone you know needs resources, whether it's for stress, finances, employment, or mental health, don't wait. Reach out. 
Find more information at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Here's your parting gift. Once again, here's Trevor. Did you hear the new Beatles song? Yeah, you heard me right. It's 2023 and the Beatles have a new song. It's called Now and Then, and it was released this past week. It's dubbed as the last Beatles song. John Lennon wrote and recorded a demo around 1977, but left it unfinished. After Lennon's death in 1980, the song was considered the third Beatles reunion single for their anthology series, following Free as a Bird and Real Love. But the song was shelved. As Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and George Harrison tried to build the song around this demo, a big factor in shelving the song was a hum that could be heard throughout the original tape. It could not be removed. George Harrison disliked the song due to its low quality, and at one point called it rubbish. However, with the help of AI and sound source separation, the hum could be deleted, the track separated, George's old guitar part added to the demo, and new parts by Paul and Ringo. And that's how the new Beatles song was born. I love this song. When I first heard it, I initially didn't know what to think, and not in a bad way. The song is a psychedelic rock ballad. In fact, I can already hear Liam Gallagher covering it next summer on his tour. The song is a damn statement. It is the final punctuation mark. Lennon's vocals are crisp. The orchestration and backing vocals are stellar. It's tough to not get some tears in the eyes listening to this one. And I think I had this reaction because it is indeed something final. This is it. We will never get another new Beatles song ever again. This is it. This is final. I'm 37 years old. The Beatles are the greatest and most important band in the history of music. No one or not one thing will ever change my mind on that. The musical evolution that they led will never be matched. What band today is saying anything? What band today could go from songs like Love Me Do and I Saw Her Standing There to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and Helter Skelter? None. Then I think of my mom and dad. I think of when Love Me Do came out. The single came out in April of 64 here in the States. My mom was 11. My dad was 14. Think of the 1960s. Think of growing up. Think of your friends. Think of your family. Think of that time. And then here comes this British band, the Beatles. Think of hearing Love Me Do for the first time. Then their debut album. Then an album and a film like Hard Day's Night. Albums like Sgt. Pepper, Abbey Road, Let It Be. The band breaking up, John Lennon being murdered in New York, George Harrison passing away, and McCartney and Ringo now as old men. And eventually, well, time catches up to us all. It's not often that you can witness something in your life from beginning to end, and people in my parents' generation did just that. They got to witness greatness from beginning to end. But with how great it is, it has to be bittersweet. Because now it is indeed just that, final. 
and I'm sure thinking of that brings back a lot of memories on a lifetime. And ultimately, as that is just what we're left with, memories, from now and then. Thank you for listening. Good night. Thanks for listening to The Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And give us a like at facebook.com backslash Inherent Dream. This has been The Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is produced by Inherent Dream Production Company. This is the Inherent Dream Podcast Network.